What's up, guys? This is the Laid Back Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Bro, joined with my co-host and lifelong friend, Curtis Lamb. Kurt, man, it's been a busy week for you, I hear. You had a lot of stuff going on. What's happening? Yeah, man. I had a lot. I had elbow surgery this week, so just kind of recovering from that and trying to, uh, I guess, cope with not doing much because I can't lift anything. So, like, I can't help Michelle with Evie at all. And so Michelle's been having the take care of evie and and everything like that so it's been a it's been a rough rough couple of days with that but other than that man i'm blessed how about yourself uh not bad it's uh we finally warmed back up after a little bit of a cold spree here and got some rain um the pollen was knocked down so this episode i am not suffering from allergies which is really nice um but other than that things are things are doing well uh living life um, taking care of my wife. She's a little bit sore and laid up today, but, uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Cool, man. Hey, so we have a, our first special guest for the laid back podcast. Uh, we have Greta joining us. Greta, we want to welcome you to the podcast. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Here we go. How was, how was your week? You've been pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Just working. So staying busy with that. Okay. Okay. So I I got your bio that you sent over. And so um, I'm going to just read a little bit about it. And then we'll probably ask you some questions on that if you're cool. Sounds good. All right, cool. So it says that you you said you're a veterinarian assistant at Wisconsin Veterinary Referral Center. Mm -hmm. And you work in the ER and ICU of the animal hospital. Can you kind of talk about just a little bit like why you chose that field? Um, so basically I've been passionate about animals from little on, from just from like household pets and like dog sitting, pet sitting for my friends and family, and then working on various farms, milking cows, and then also working in a wildlife zoo. So like, I love animals (laughs) and yeah. What, what zoo do you, uh, do you work at? Um, I used to intern at Shalom Wildlife Zoo in right in West Bend, Wisconsin. Yeah, I know. I know that one very well. My wife and I, uh, one of our things that we do as couples is we go to as many zoos and aquariums that we can. And we've been to over 30 so far. Holy cow. And so, yeah, our favorite one is the new zoo up in Green Bay. Okay. Uh, actually, because that's where I asked her to be my girlfriend. That's where um, I took her on her first date, and that's where I proposed with Tweedle the penguin. Aww. And so it holds a holds a special spot for us as well um, up there. But that's cool. So you're pretty passionate about animals, and and obviously that makes your makes your job not really seem as a job. Then I guess for real, right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> okay, that's cool. What is like? What has been the coolest? Like, I don't want to say coolest because I know these animals are hurt, but I guess um, best experience you've had so far um, working where you do. Um, I'd say probably being able to help, like, with when surgeries are happening and, like, being able to prepare the animals and stuff. And one specific case we had, the animal came in and we didn't know if the dog was going to make it or not. We actually recommended the owners to euthanize the animal, which was really tough. But that's how bad the dog was doing and ended up staying in the ICU and having multiple surgeries and blood transfusions for like two weeks. And then 
we actually got to be able to send him home and it was a really it was a really sad day but everyone was really happy wow that's cool yeah that's cool i think uh seth you have a you have a few dogs don't you i uh i have one or two or three or five <laughs> i have five ranging from uh great dane size all the way down to miniature pincer so we got uh we got well i think the last episode we said uh a dog ranch so <laughs> yeah i think so 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 greta it says that you have i want to make sure i get your uh your stats here correct you currently hold an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree in animal science with a minor in chemistry is that right yes mm-hmm. okay and i'm assuming your end goal is probably to be a doctor or a veterinarian correct is that your end goal that's the plan is that is that like are you working towards it now or is that something like maybe a little late in the future that you're going towards so i'm currently applying right now for vet schools okay what does that look like exactly because i heard like vet school is almost as hard as like medical school yeah so i actually got waitlisted last cycle which sucks but here we are again um the application cycle takes about a year to be like to get through so you have to fill out the general application and then each state only has one school and some states don't have a school so then you have to fill out a supplemental application for each school you want to apply to and then some schools have um interviews that you have to go through so then once you get accepted or like to the next round they'll have you do interviews and then if you get past that then there's like one more test you have to run through and then you can hopefully get accepted so it's a tough it's a tough cycle and um for example madison only accepts 92 applicants and last year there was over 2,000 people who applied wow so but you don't have to reset on that list because you're waitlisted so you're further down on the list than other people that are applying for the first time or no no it resets every oh. year so it sucks oh. you have to redo the whole process yeah oh that, that yeah. system sounds broken yeah <laughs> on, on average how long does it take for people to actually get in like do they have a an idea of how many years it takes in general between being waitlisted all the time um so a lot of the really smart people get in um stop stop i took a different route and i didn't have a lot of experience starting out for my first application which is why i work at an animal hospital now um but a few of the vets um at my job actually got waitlisted their first cycle too and then ended up getting in the second time they applied Okay. Well, hoping you get in this time and so you can keep on moving with your, uh, with your dream there. Thank you. Um, I'm going to ask you just three things. Like maybe give me the top three things that you like to do in your spare time that don't relate to school. <laughs> so hiking is a big one. I love being outside. Um, I actually got a paddleboard for my birthday last year. So I've been using that quite a bit. Um, probably playing piano that's a big stress reliever for me and then basketball obviously <laughs> obviously i i've heard you uh i've seen you play you have a little bit of talent there <laughs> do you want to uh do you want to do a humble brag on yourself a little bit no not really <laughs> no no 
I mean, I can brag um, <laughs> for you. I was able to witness the excellence of Greta <laughs> and uh, said said scoring ability. Um, Greta was really good at basketball. I, I say was because I don't really know if you've kept your skills. Have you kept your skills? It's it's been a minute. I'm a little rusty. <laughs> okay. Um, I know what I saw. Uh, we went to the final four. I say we because I just kind of sat on the bench. I didn't do much. Um, but you guys went to the final four with six girls on your team, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Six girls. And you made it to the final game, didn't you? Or did you... Did you? I know. Did you make it to the final championship game, or did you? I don't lose right before that. I think we lost right before then. Okay. I think. But you made it to the final four, so yeah. which is a lot more than what other people can say. Like Seth and I, we were talking earlier, and I was telling him like, "Hey, man, like between Seth and I, we probably have 40, 45 years of basketball experience." I said, "But none of it's on the level of of what you have, because like you were able to play at the at a high high level, and my, uh, um, and succeed." My wife, though. Um, she, uh, she didn't go to college, uh, for basketball. She wanted to go into the medical field. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, she had multiple scholarships for basketball and volleyball. She could have, she could have gone. Um, but, uh, there's the humble brag for, for Ashley. Yes. (laughs) I'm very proud of my wife. (laughs) No. Yeah. No, that's, that's, you should be, man. Absolutely. All right. Well, cool. Well, Greta, once again, thanks for joining us on our podcast and being our uh, our guest. We do have some swag that we're working on, and so uh, we will shoot you some stuff once we uh, get that finalized. Um, a little swag package uh, will come your way. Sweet. Um, but you know, so our topic today, we talked about it a little bit uh, last week, was just you know mental health awareness because uh, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I believe October has a, a week as well that is mental health awareness as well. I think they do it twice. Um, but I really wanted to, to kind of talk about it because I feel like sometimes people sweep it under the rug or they say certain things that, oh, that's not mental health. That's just, you know, you're being a wimp or, you know, things like, oh, you're depressed. You know, that, that has nothing to do with your mental health or anxiety or eating disorders or things like that. And so I just really, one of the best ways that you can bring awareness to something that you're passionate about or interested in is by talking about it. Uh, The more people talk about things and the more people reach out to other people, that's how you raise awareness. And so I thought it'd be really good to do a podcast on that. And hopefully somewhere someone will listen to it and maybe it'll help them because that's the end goal, right? We want to help people that are going through something like that. And so I just want to read a couple stats here that just kind of shows a little bit about um, mental health. And so just some stats here. So one in five U.S. adults experience mental illness each year. Um, One in 20 U.S. adults experience serious mental illness each year. And then one in six U.S. youth aged, which would be probably like six to 17, um, experience a mental health disorder each year as well. 50% 50% of all lifetime mental illness begins by age 14 and 75% by age 24. And then this was a sad stat for me when I read this. Um, suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 14. You know, um, and it says in 2021, about 57.8 million people experienced um, mental health issues. 
Um, just hearing some of those numbers, what do you guys what do you guys think about that? It's uh, it's tough, you know. Um, sometimes you just don't know what people are actually going through uh, inside. You know, it, everybody everybody has the face that they put on in the morning. You know, that uh, that they try to present themselves with because that's society, and uh, you don't want to stand out because sometimes standing out can mean being ostracized or whatever. And that's hard to take sometimes, but, uh, yeah, it's never, it's never easy to see stats like that. Um, <clears throat> dead space. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I didn't know if you had another thought there. So I, uh, I, I kind of just ran out of words. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> I was like, is that is that it? Are we uh, are we done here? Um, no, but no, for real. Like you brought up the thing about wearing masks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a there's a lyric. It's in a rap song that I listened to, and he talked about how he's like, I'm like Jim Carrey, because every day I wear a mask. And he talks about how people don't really know who he is or what he's about, because all they see is what he what he projects. So Greta, you you know you you were a student athlete, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, I'm sure you had classes. You had. Well, I I went to practice. I know how hard those were. Those were early in the morning a lot of the times. Um, how did that, I guess, affect you, in a way? Um, like just. I think. Well, first of all, it was really draining. Um, just exhausting in general, being a student athlete to begin with. Um, I think the traumatic experiences I went through during my first year of college also added to that, um, which I ended up using sports as an outlet for me to kind of work through that. But just in general, like your mental health during sports, I think struggles a lot more than a regular student in general if that makes sense. No, absolutely. No, I think it, I think it does as well. Um, I think it does because as an athlete, I think you have a lot more expectations um, that you personally have for yourself as well as people that are around you. I know one of the worst feelings. um, So I've played in a lot of tournaments. So not a, not at a collegiate level, but one of the worst feelings I ever had was when I let down my teammates, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether you missed a bad shot, you turned the ball over, you know, you couldn't do a layup. That's my weakness. Layups are, I can't do them. I struggle with them. And so like when I'll miss a wide open layup and we lose by one, you know, that affects you. And then that transfers into your regular life um, and things like that for sure. I mean that, that the one, the, the stat we read about suicide, you know, affecting, you know, kids from ages 10 to 14, when you see something affecting kids, you know, that's, that's, that's hard to see. And just to put it out there, uh, I, I didn't mention it at the beginning, but we're not health professionals in any way. Um, the stats, I'll post the references at the end of the podcast for the stats we found and any kind of information that we um, that we share as, as signs of mental health or maybe solutions or things like that. But I just want to make sure that we're just we're just here to raise awareness and just talk about it. We're not portraying to have the answers for anything. Um, but what would you say, like, so like for me personally? Um, I can share an experience that I had growing up. So like I was sexually abused as a child for two, two years when I was eight to 10. 
you know, repeatedly. And like that definitely affected my mental health growing up. That definitely affected how I saw things and how I did stuff, you know? And so when I read that stat about, you know, suicide is the second leading, you know, among kids, that could have been me. I could have been that statistic, you know, from 10 to 14 um, and things like that. And so it's really, that's why like when I, when I, when I hear people talk about mental health, I'm passionate about it because it's a serious thing, you know, do you guys, um, you guys know people that struggle with mental health? Yeah. I, uh, I know some people that struggle with like things like anxiety. Um, it, uh, it's, it can be hard. Uh, it could be really hard for them. Um, being able to even function sometimes, uh, is, is difficult. And also, um, being on the other side of, of that, where you're around it and not exactly able to relate can also be difficult, um, to help, help that person, uh, to know what to say, know what to do. So it's, as far as, as being around people, I, I know some people have had experiences with, with people that have dealt with, with mental illnesses. For sure. What about you, Greta? Do you deal with a lot of that um, in where you're working now? Yeah, uh, we have quite a few of my friends who have who have struggled with some of that kind of stuff, too. And I think for me personally, um, which I also go through a lot of mental health stuff, um, I think it's interesting to see how I can relate to them. But it's also frustrating because the things that work for me with my mental health isn't necessarily going to work with them. And sometimes I have to stop and remind myself that when I like try to offer help and it's like, no, that might not work for them. Yeah. No, I, I saw that in your bio that you said that you said one of your best traits is you're a great listener and that you're able to like relate to what people are going through. I think that that is a, a really good trait. We talked about that in our teamwork uh, podcast about how sometimes, you know, we talk about like being able to direct people, but listening when you communicate is a huge part. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes we see people that do struggle with mental health, whether it be like you said, anxiety or depression or eating disorder. And we're like, Oh, we have the fix. We know what will work. We read a, an article or it worked with us and we forget to listen and actually kind of understand what that person's going through. Um, Seth, I know you mentioned, um, anxiety a little bit do you you know you you work in a kitchen mm -hmm. uh right um i work in sales sales is a very high stress environment um i love it because i'm super competitive and so for me i i i thrive in in high pressure um but it still is mentally exhausting um so for me like so last year i finished 24th in the country out of 1600 people Wow. impressive um, yeah. <laughs> um it was but it was it was hard and so then this year you know I, I do a humble brag but then this year like right away in june i hit a wall of expectations like oh man if i don't finish top 95 again mm -hmm. it's a failure so um huge bucks fan love the bucks you know all the way i really i don't know if you guys caught with what Giannis said at the end of the game when he talked about failure and how he said like, Hey, there can only be one person that wins. 
And are you telling me that the other 29 teams are failures? And mm-hmm. so my question to you guys both, and I don't know if maybe Seth, you want to answer first and then Greta, you can go next. But my question is, how do you guys deal with failures in your workplace or school? And how do you, what are some things that you guys do to not let that affect your mental health? Good question. Good question. Um, to me, I've always looked at failure as a way of learning. Um, and I don't, I try, I'm, I'm always my biggest critic, uh, especially when it comes to my, my employment, if I'm cooking food and, and if I don't like something, I'm like, they're not going to like it. But, um, failure in general, uh, is a way of learning. You can't, you can't be knowledgeable in all aspects without understanding why things work why they don't work um both of those go hand in hand in in experience in life and experiences and your 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 work atmosphere your family atmosphere um it's uh it's it's literally a tool in my opinion um to you have to when you fail you have to sit step back look at what happened why it failed and 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 reapply yourself, move forward and, and adjust accordingly. Um, and it, I try my hardest not to let it set me back, not to let it affect me, um, too much. Obviously you, you want to have, you don't want to be just numb and, and be like not care whether you failed or not, but, uh, you, you move forward, um, and adjust accordingly. And I've, I've found that looking at failure as just a way of learning is the best and easiest tool for me. Towards there. Okay. I got you. Greta, what, what about you? I agree a hundred percent with what Seth was saying. Um, I think I also just from being so young yet, like I'm only 24 and still have four <laughs> years of college left. Like, I, it's still something I struggle with because I'm also super duper hard on myself. And I think it's also how I was raised at home and just trying to always like be the best in what you're doing and try to do your best every single day and show up and, you know, be your highest self. Um, Like when I have a failure or for example, when I was in college and I got a bad grade on an exam, I would be devastated and then like I'd show up to office hours, talk with the professor and things like that. But as I'm getting older, um, it's definitely something that I've been working on to try and be like, hey, it was one bad grade. You can show up for the next one. Study harder for this one. You'll be okay. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great point. Like I said, like, so like we have expectations. We're judged by they're called KPIs. So key performance index or indicators, essentially. And so we're graded on seven of them. And so often, so like if you get 60 KPIs in a year, you get a 6% raise. If you get, if you're in the top 95, you're usually pacing for pretty good. The max you can get, I think it's, uh, I think it's 80, 80 a year is what you can get. And so like you, you want to be in the seventies because that means you're going to be top 95. And earlier this year, I got, 
June, I, I suck in June. I get either three or four. I think the max we can get a seven. Um, and I usually don't do well because after finishing the previous year, I'm burnt out. Mm-hmm. I am just done with it. And so, um, but there's a couple of months this year. I got a five and five is average. And like you said, you know how you beat yourself up. And I was like, man, Kurt, you suck. <laughs> like how you, how you not getting a seven every month. And then I really had to reevaluate the expectations I have for myself to like, so when did, um, a good score. So a five would be equivalent to like a B, I guess. When is a B a failure? You know, and so like, I think a lot of times when we're talking about mental health, um, and there's different aspects of mental health, but I think it starts with how we view things and how we view ourselves, honestly. Um, if you don't love yourself, if you don't spend enough time on yourself, it's hard to like who you are, um, a lot of it. And so I really think that transformation or, or overcoming whatever you're struggling with really starts with who you are. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that, but feel free to jump in. Um, yeah, always. Uh, you can hear me, right? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it had muted me. I'm sorry. We sh- Greta, we should have just been like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's talking? Yeah. <laughs> is, is he talking? Or is, he just, is this part of the show? Yeah. Uh, he must not have Verizon. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I forgot the question now. What was it again? It's okay. It's, it's okay. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to leave this segment in, just so you know, because this is going to be a great hey, moment for people to listen to. Whatever, whatever, whatever works. Yeah, I, have, I don't remember the, the question, to be honest. There's something um, that I, has I, to I, do. I, don't, I don't know if it was a question. I was just talking about how, um, oh, yeah, when you're overcoming some type of mental illness or, or whatever you're struggling with or someone else is struggling with, I said it starts with yourself. It starts with loving you and learning to love who you are as a person and not necessarily what the world or what other people say you are. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, to the fact, to the point of, you know, you're not what other people portray upon you, um, and and that's important um, in recognizing that. Like, it, if you were to go through life and and essentially look at yourself as what you think others look at you or what others say about you then then you allow yourself to be shaped and and formed only according to what they can perceive and and i i really feel like you have full ability to control you as a person like whether you want to go the complete opposite way of everybody else or whether you want to go the same path um it's important to recognize that you have that choice and and not to base your own opinions on everyone else's if that answers your question yeah i think so i think so for sure um and i just want to make sure like i'm not trying to belittle um, like how, or, or make it seem like that's an easy thing to do mm-hmm. because it's not, it's not, it's not. uh, when people, 
say that you're a certain way. Um, you know, for like, for me, I'm a bigger guy. Okay. I, I, I like to eat food. I'm on the seafood diet. I see food and I eat it. You know, that's how it works. And, and I enjoy that. Like, I'm okay with that. But for a long time, I wasn't, you know, we play shirts and skins and I'd be like, nah, that ain't me. That's not happening, you know, or whatever. And, and I feel like it took me a long time to love who I was and love the shape of me. You know, and now I joke around. I always tell my wife, I'm like, hey, rounds of shape. So I am in shape. You know, it, it works. Um, but it's not easy to get to that point. I feel like, you know, when you talk about suicide or you talk about that starts with people, I think, not being able to get over um, what the world tells them they are. You know, um, you look at, let's take a look, let's take a look, talk about beauty for an example. How many commercials do you see for uh, makeup, um, enhancements, you know, new hair color, exercise? And what does that tell you? Exactly what you were saying is like it's it's portraying what what you should uh, think everybody else is doing and not necessarily looking at your your self-worth yourself. Yeah, exactly. Assuming that you're not worth anything. That who you are now needs to be improved. You need to have your hair better. You need to lose weight. You need to get better, whiter teeth. You know, and that's not the case. (laughs) No, it is. And and you know, like so, like I'm I'm a Christian, and so like I always like to look at that. And I know in Genesis, in chapter one, verse twenty-seven or twenty-eight, it says we were created in God's image. Mm -hmm. He, we were the only thing during creation that He did not speak into existence. He made us. Everything else he spoke into existence, but us he made. And I, I find it hard to believe that a God who would make me made me the wrong way. Um, There's also, though, the other side of the coin where you can uh, love yourself too much and and uh, have that opinion that that you are the best and nobody is as good as you and and. It may, it may be a facade. You said, you said it, not me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I, I would, I would say that there is, there is, some wisdom to at least listening to what people say about you. But you have the ultimate decision on right. who you are and what you want to do yeah. with your. Life. I would, I would use the. Uh, donut analogy. I don't know if you guys, you guys want to, like a, a donut. You know what they look like, right? So you get the the big circle and then the little circle. Oh, that okay. group, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you hey. for. Just so you know, um, so I know like you're a cook, but there's Bismarcks and Poochkies. They don't have centers. Okay, <laughs> Long Johns. So yeah. I'm just saying. Okay, hey, you know, Kurt, we gotta okay. have Kurt being our illustrator. And- <laughs> yeah. So getting back to my donut point that inner circle are the people that you surround yourselves with that is the people that you should be listening to when they tell you hey listen i'm noticing an unhealthy change in your lifestyle or i'm noticing something's going on what's what's happening that's the type of advice you want to listen to the people that are outside of that inner donut circle that's what i put like news media social media uh, people that don't really care about you that's who you don't want to listen to Tune them how out. do you how do you 
how do you in your life, Kurt, go about choosing those people? Like what is there a criteria that you've found in your life that you can rely on that says yeah, hey, I, these I have, are people that are worth keeping around? Like Yeah, so I have I have a checklist um of things. Um that you laugh, but bro, it's, yeah, I have lists. It it helps me in my life. Um but I do have a list of, of things like it is I don't want to come off as harsh. I'll put it this way. There's a quote I like that says, if, um, if all you are is a option to somebody, um, they're not going to be like, um, something for me. I don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like if all I am is a, a, an option to hang out with, I don't want you in my life. If I can't rely on you, I don't want you in my life. Um, I don't care. Like if, if you can be honest with me, if you give me brutal honesty, I like that. I appreciate that. And this mm-hmm. is for me, you know, but I don't want a friend where you're saying you're going to do something with me and you bail mm-hmm. or you flake out, you know, um, I believe in, in trust and things like that. And so for me, I, I don't have a lot of close friends. I have a really small inner circle and I do that mainly because, um, I don't trust a lot of people for one. Um, but two, I just like a smaller circle, you know? So like it, it's, it's that way. Like I can tell you on one hand, the amount of people that I text, uh, like more than once a week. And it's not a lot. Uh, I mean, Seth and I, we've known each other for at least almost 20 years and we'd, we'd go six months without talking mm-hmm. and we've gotten a lot better on that. But, but yeah, for, for me, I think it really depends on, your values and who you want to surround yourself with. Um, if you want to surround yourself with people that tell you what you want to hear, as opposed to what you need to hear, um, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. You want to surround yourself with people that aren't afraid to tell you the hard truth because they love you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, do you guys have anything else on that? We can talk about it. I want to bring up another stat here. Uh, since we are all at different levels of athletes, we have, the collegiate athlete, and then we have the street ballers, which are she just laughs. She laughs at herself. <laughs> Grilla, come on now. I'm trying to Sorry. trying to push you up there, you know. All right, let me ask you something, Grilla. How many? What's what's your highest points that you've scored in a game? I'm willing to bet it's twice what Seth and I have scored in a game combined. <laughs> I don't know about that because I'm short. So I get. Okay. So well, give I, us a number. Buckets. I, I couldn't even tell you. I 30? honestly don't remember. Oh gosh, no. Really? No. That's not that hard. You hit four threes and you're already at what 12? 12? 18 away. <laughs> add in, you add in five free throws, you're at 17. You know? What's I your know threes. Where's your threes? Threes. Three. Yeah, come on. As Texas what? likes to say, she likes she likes to shoot easy. a lot of threes. Hey, they didn't give me the nickname G Money for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> she she's not she's not lying. She had that nickname. It was, was G Money. She she oh. made a lot of threes. So like Kurt said, four is already eighteen or not eighteen. <laughs> oh boy, she's. 
12. Well, you said 18 afterwards, yeah. and I like that's why my mind went 18. Well, but. I said, yeah, for her free throws. She makes some free throws, you know. I, I, I think I remember you somewhere between 23 and 27 was your highest that I think I saw you score. Um, I think it was against, um, I want to say, not Waukesha. It was some team up north that were not very, well, I, I hate Waukesha. Sorry, Waukesha listeners, if you're out there. <laughs> Them and Fond du Lac. Yeah. Uh, bro. Dude, there's this, yeah, we're not going to talk about no. it, but it's okay. Um, we'll talk about it off air. Uh, anyway, um, like I said, Greta, collegiate athlete, you know, and then us here, just street ballers. But anyway, so I'm going to read some stats about mental health and um, college athletes here. So uh, with college athletes, the stats are startling, honestly. So 33% of all college students in general um, experience significant symptoms of depression, anxiety, or other mental health conditions. So out of that group of 33%, only 30% actually seek help. So you're looking at 11% of that 33% that are actually, I guess, seeking help. I think that's what that stat's showing, right? I don't really know. I don't understand that one, but that's okay. But, okay, so but of college athletes with mental health conditions, only 10% actually ask for help. And among professional athletes, data shows that up to 35% of elite athletes suffer from a mental health crisis, which may manifest as stress, eating disorders, burnout, or depression and anxiety. And, and I bring that up because we have a lot of athletes in today that are talking about mental health awareness. Um, one of my favorite ones is, you guys know who Kevin Love is? Um, I love Kevin Love. Uh, Seth, you know who that is? I Familiar? don't think so. Are you, are you being are you being serious? I'm being serious. I don't. I uh, the. Oh, okay. That's okay. No, I was just making sure. Um, he was with the Cavs for four, okay, four three, four years. Yeah, basketball player. He played at UCLA. Uh, went to Minnesota by himself for a while. Then he joined, um, LeBron, in Cleveland with Kyrie, and they were yeah. part of that down by three one. Uh, I guess the Warriors. I think in 2016. He's known for a couple of different things, but anyway, that's his background. And he had he 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 released an essay in the the Players Tribune about mental health awareness, and um, he talks about just paraphrasing. He talks about how in the middle of a game he had a panic attack. Hmm. Uh, He was in the huddle and they were getting ready to go back out, and he had a panic attack and he couldn't do it. And he retreated to the the locker room, and he laid on the ground and couldn't breathe. And they ended up taking him to the hospital and things like that. Um, Fast forward. And we'll share the link so you guys can read the essay. Um, it's a it's a really good read. Um, but fast forward, it was afterwards when uh, he actually played the Bucks two nights later and dropped thirty two on us, hmm. uh, and he thought everything was fine. But it's when he realized that what he had to deal with for the mental health was he was ashamed to share that with people. Hmm. Uh, he didn't know what his teammates would think of him. He didn't know how people would react, and that was. Uh, that actually added to his mental health. So my question or my comment is in today's society, what do you think are some reasons that people don't share that they struggle with mental health, specifically athletes? Well, 
to be honest. I'm I'm surprised. First of all, in the in the stats that you you read about athletes, I've always kind of held the opinion that sports helps mental health health, but that's was opinion and not necessarily based on anything. I I'd be curious to know the stats on how it affects people in a positive way. Um, introducing sports to people. Um, but as far as, as society and, and how they react to you said the question was society and how they react to people who have mental illness. Yeah. Like what are some reasons why you would, you wouldn't want to share? Um, well, my, my guess is judgment, um, which is sad because I think most people in general, um, anytime someone needs help, I think it's, it's in human nature to help, to assist, um, to make people feel better for most people. Um, but I can, I can, I think I can understand like, what would they think of me? Like, do they think I'm less of a person? Do they think I have a handicap? Does it, does it make them put a stigma upon me? Um, you know, do they, will they look at me in a different light? Like I'm not equal. And I, that also, also I think mental health can affect the way you, you actually think as well. Um, the way you actually feel um, is affected and can sometimes skew rationality uh, can, can change the way you would, you would actually rationally think. I think that also has an effect in some cases. Um, so yeah, that would be an example that I would think. Greta, as, as a student athlete, we talked about it a little earlier about how you probably have more pressure than a regular student and things like that. Um, if you don't want to answer, that's cool. But like at any point, um, during your collegiate career, did you deal with on some level, like mental, mental, um, mental health issues? And if you did, was there something that stopped you from reaching out to talking to someone? I know you said that you used basketball as an outlet. Can you explain like a little bit what you mean by that? Um, yeah. So, uh, it actually happened like my freshman year of college. Um, I was dating my first boyfriend at the time and it ended up being an abusive relationship, sexually, mentally, physically. Um, it was awful. Uh, finally got the courage to break up with him. My summer of going into sophomore year, um, uh, trigger warning, by the way, I did try to commit suicide. It was an awful time for me. Um, at that point, I did use basketball that sophomore year of college as an outlet, um, but I was just exhausted, like drained mentally, physically, emotionally. And I think the hardest thing for me, excuse me, was not wanting people to see me like as being weak, especially like fellow classmates and athletes. Like I wanted to show them that I'm like, I was fine. And a lot of people didn't know what was going on either. So, and I didn't, 
Like I'm the type of person who doesn't like drawing attention to myself. So any way I could do that to just pretend nothing was going on or happening like in my personal life that was going to affect me, um, any way I could mask that was like my plan, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It, it does. Um, there's a couple other athletes that have come out and, and spoken about mental health awareness. Um, one was Giannis. He actually came out and he talked about retiring from basketball. I think it was before, I think it was a year after they won the championship. Uh, he talked about how there was a lot of pressure as athletes and he talked about stepping away from the game. Um, and one of the reasons he didn't was because he actually spoke to Kevin Love and, and they had a conversation. Uh, you look back during the Olympics, they had, uh, I'm going to kill her last name. So I think I'll just say her first one's Naomi. Mm-hmm. She was a tennis player. Mm-hmm. Um, she, st- she stepped out. I think it was during the Olympics, wasn't it? Or was it the US Open? It was the Olympics, I think. I think so. She stepped down for mental health issues and she got blasted by, by a, a few people um, um, on there about that. And so, uh, but the one I really want to talk about is, is Dak Prescott. Um, he came out and talked about how he was going through depression, especially after his brother passed away and how it really hit him hard. And um, Skip Bayless came out and I mean, we all know what Skip Bayless is about, right? Um, we know that it, it's clickbait doing a hot take, um, but I want to read what he said and I want to make sure that I do it uh, quoting what he says. Um, so this is what Dak said. Dak said in 2020, all throughout the quarantine in this offseason, I started to experience emotions I've never felt before. Prescott said anxiety for the, was the main one. And then honestly, a couple of days before my brother passed away, I would start experiencing um, depression. Hmm. And so this is what Skip Bayless says. And I quote, he says, I don't have sympathy with him going public that I got depressed. Look, he's the quarterback of America's team. You know, and I know this sport that you play is dog eat dog. It's no compassion, no quarter given on the football field. If you reveal publicly any little weakness, it can affect your team's ability to believe in you in the toughest spots. And it can, it definitely could encourage others on the other side to come after you. If you were Dak Prescott's teammate, what would you feel what Dak said and how would you feel about what Skip said? I, uh, big question. Honestly, honestly, I don't know. I know how I would react. I would be very defensive of, of Dak. Like the, uh, Kurt, we've talked about how important teamwork is to me and teammates, um, in a roundabout way are, are family members in a sense. Like you, you, in order to work as a team, you have to consider everybody a, a teammate and and you have each other's back in in whatever happens because your support for them and their support for you so i obviously i'd be right in there as defense um for Dak. i and i didn't hear about that skip payless thing and i think that's pretty low of him to to say it is to espn's credit i think it was espn or fox whichever one airs his show they actually came out and disagreed with his comments and did not stand by that, which credit to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Greta on the flip side, let's say you were Dak's opponent. Would you 
like attack him any differently or would you belittle him for his comments of coming out about mental health um can you still hear me okay by the way yeah. okay yeah. my headphones died um if i was his opponent um I don't know. I feel like I would feel for him, but I think that's part of my nature. Um, Cause I know how hard of a situation that's like to go through that is, especially with now another sub like celebrity who is like belittling you. And now you're not feeling validated after you just like opened up about this huge thing that's going on in your life. So I think that's really, really annoying and frustrating and um like if i was his opponent i would i don't know how close they are in that like athletic world but if it was me i would check in with him you know see if i could do anything but for sure i think it was i don't my memory's not that great um but i think it was on thanksgiving i think the cowboys played the bills um, and this is when this camera came out. And I think Josh Allen, actually the quarterback for the Bills, went up and talked to Dak and thanked him for coming out and raising awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we can look at different athletes. Michael Phelps, he came out and talked about anxiety and depression and eating disorders and all the different types of mental uh, awareness. But I think it's great to see athletes use their platforms to yeah. talk about this. Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, when, when we goes back to that stat of you know suicides happening for 10 to 14-year-olds, these kids are watching their favorite athletes. And if they see their athlete come out, if they see LeBron come out and say, hey, listen, I mean, I don't know another person in any sport that has had the expectations that LeBron has put on him. Hmm. Um, I don't know anyone else that was drafted, number one, that met expectations, continuously exceeds them, stays out of trouble, raises a family, opens schools, that guy's got to have just like the strongest mind or, you know, a really great circle. But imagine he came out and said, Hey, listen, I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Imagine the impact. And so I'm, I'm happy to see these athletes come out and say, listen, you know, yes, we make millions of dollars, you know, but you know, money can't buy you happiness. You know, it can't, you know, and, and I know Seth, you talked about how like sport sports is kind of an outlet and Greta, you talked about using that as well. I think it's different for us because that's not our job. We don't do it professionally. I think for them, sports isn't an outlet. It's what, I guess, you know, hurts them the most. Um, I will see, also share an article from SB Nation that they did on Kevin Love because Seth, you talked about how you were interested to see some of the positives. Mm-hmm. There's four different stories of young people that saw Kevin Love's essay that positively infected their life one girl was having 10 to 12 panic attacks a day and after reading kevin love's essay and working on some things and he actually reached out and talked to her she's down to i think she said one a day now cool which is that's a huge huge drop and 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 that's because a guy like kevin love stepped out arguably on one of the best teams that were playing in that time and said hey listen i'm having issues you know he wore a shirt uh, that said, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I think that's a great mantra to have um, if you're struggling with something in your life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be mental health, but keep going. Mm-hmm. 
Greta, I want to thank you for sharing what you shared, you know, about, um, you know, committing suicide or almost committing suicide. And that takes courage to be able to share that. Um, it does. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that and say, you know, thank you for, for being vulnerable on our show like that and, and doing that because like, I'm glad that I've gotten to know you when, when we were, you know, at UW's Washington County. Um, I'm glad for those moments and I'm glad that you kept going because I'm watching, just reading your bio, I can imagine the impact that you've had on people's lives, whether or not they euthanize their animal. I would want someone like you there to comfort me through that. Aww. You know what I'm saying? So like you're making a difference. And if you would have gone through with that, that one day, how many people um, are not getting touched by you? You know, like, like your purpose is amazing. Um, and like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't want to preach at all, but like, like I said, I believe in the Bible and everything. And like, there's a verse in there that says like, like it says in Jeremiah, like Jesus knew you before you were born and he had great plans for you. I think that's awesome because he's got great plans for you, Greta. You know, he's going to do amazing things with you. Same thing with you, Seth. And, and, and I mean, I'm not 24, I'm like 35 now. So I'm almost through that, that stage. Um, but he's got great plans for us. And, but just coming back to the mental health, when you see, when you guys see athletes come out and say things like that, or people of stature, how does that make you guys feel? Greta, go ahead. Um, for me, it's incredibly refreshing and makes me feel super validated. I think we hold like professional athletes and like even collegiate athletes to a higher like standard, like they're almost not people. And so when they like actually show their emotions and say something super vulnerable like that, it it's really refreshing to me to kind of put it back that, yeah, they are, they're humans too. They have feelings, they have emotions, you know, they go through day-to-day life just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like kind of what you said uh, about how we kind of perceive uh sports players is is a little bit untouchable and in this realm they kind of make themselves relatable and and uh as you said kurt i think that it's awesome that they're using their position as a platform uh to to lead or to lead by example i guess um because it it would in turn affect others to do the same and hopefully hopefully more people are, are reached and, and have, have the ability to, to get whatever help they need, whether it's someone, um, just someone to talk to or, or, um, medically, whatever, whatever is needed, uh, is important. Um, I'm, I, uh, I got a question, Greta. I'm kind of, jumping in here i know but um you don't really have to answer this if you're uncomfortable with it but uh you had mentioned that you're a good listener and and or kurt mentioned that you said it in your bio i should say and and that's an aspect of you that uh, you feel is valuable which it is um is there anyone in your life that you'd like to shout out or to to thank that's been that support uh for you in, in your circumstances, um, as you could be for, for others, uh, as you are now 
and listening? Uh, definitely my sister, my twin sister. Um, she's also the probably the biggest reason I um, checked myself into therapy when I was in college. Um, I definitely learned a lot from her, and she actually went to school for psychology, so I think that helped a lot. Um, but yeah, my twin sister, Sophie, love her to death. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Sophie. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Cool shout out. Um, I know we're going to, gonna we're going to go over on our time, which is fine. Uh, I think this topic is, is well worth that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read, I want just for some, like I said, I want to bring awareness. So I'm just going to read some of the signs, um, that you can be on the lookout for. Uh, for people that might be struggling in, in your circle. And then I'm going to say a couple things that can kind of help you. And then Seth is going to say a couple things as well. And then Greta, if you want to fill in with some, some things that, that you feel like helps you through yours as well, that'd be cool. Um, so th- what I'm, what I'm referencing is from the national Alliance on mental illness. Um, and they have a lot of good information on there that you can that you can find that that'll help you out on on different stuff and that's where a lot of my stats has come from it came from there and then some stuff from the ncaa but um, just some of the warning signs that you can kind of see is like if someone in your life is feeling very sad or withdrawn um if if they're talking about doing harm to themselves if they have out of control risk-taking behavior that causes harm to themselves or others if they suddenly have overwhelming fear for no reason, sometimes with a racing heart, physical discomfort, or difficulty breathing, significant weight loss or gain, uh, seeing things or hearing or believing things that aren't real, excessive use of alcohol or drugs, drastic changes in their mood, behavior, personality, or sleeping habits, um, intense worries or fears that get in the way of daily activities. These are some of the just common, common warning signs of, of mental illness and um, just something that we can do to kind of kind of notice because like i said people in your inner circle they have you there because uh, you care about them you love them and so just some things that you can do if you notice that someone has these symptoms um it's important to ask questions and then it goes back to the next one goes back to greta's point try to understand what they're experiencing and more importantly how their daily life is impacted because it might not be just as easy as hey love yourself or hey kick this person out it might be a little more in depth um in depth than that um and when you make that first, when you make the connection um, of what they're kind of going through and what they need, it's often the first step to them getting treatment. And um, knowledge is power. And so, what we can do is we can learn more about mental illness, right? We can take a mental health education class. Uh, we can talk with healthcare professionals. You can hold, you know, little uh, day seminars on that. Um, or you can also call the National Alliance Helpline, which is 800-950-6264, and they'll be able to put you in touch with someone or, or things like that. So we'll put that, that in, the, in the bio or the oh, for we'll sure. a, a shout out for that, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll put a link. I think they're called NAMI or NAMI is what it is for short. But we'll put a link in the bio um, for people to reach out to. And like I said, we're not health professionals. We don't have answers. What we do have is personal experiences that we've gone through personally that we can share. But um, I know we don't have it up yet, but we'll have a WhatsApp group. Um, I think we're working on an Instagram and a Facebook. If you or somebody, whenever you listen to this, is going through some kind of mental illness or something where you need someone to talk to, reach out. Mm -hmm. Reach out to us. 
um, and we'll we'll do what we can to help you guys. Even if it's just listening. If you need someone to listen to, we'll put you in touch with Greta, and she'll just sit there and listen. <laughs> um, she, she's got you guys. Um, but uh, Seth, going to you first. Um, I know you mentioned something earlier to me about some things that you can kind of do proactively that might help improve your mental mental health. Yeah. Um, before I go there, though, I also wanted to add um, to what you were saying uh, about um, having a way to uh, talk to us. I think there is a feature also on Spotify that we might be um, unlocking here um, that allows you to communicate through Spotify as well. So oh, I, nice. I just wanted to, to put that out there. Kurt and I have to talk about it and, and get it figured out. But uh, see if it's in the budget. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's a money thing. I think it's just figuring out how how it works um but anyways yeah um me as a as my occupation is a chef i i cook for for people in the hospital um diet and exercise uh are are always preached in the medical field it's important um aspect of life uh healthy diet healthy exercise um I don't have I don't have complete knowledge or, or stats or anything, but I do think that uh, it really affects and impacts your your daily life. Um, just just being watchful and mindful of of what you eat, what you put in your body. Uh, I think the the term "garbage in, garbage out" is is relative in that case. Um, not saying you can't. Uh, have a, a good snack here or there like everybody's got their their bag of chips that they like or their nice chocolate cake that they go to when when uh desired but uh it is important um to to eat healthy and uh i'm i'm not uh i'm not necessarily a an, a good example of that um but i i do believe in it um eating healthy affects your mood uh it affects your energy it affects um it affects your life uh daily because um, you have to eat daily um and i think i i did read something today um i'm not 100 percent factual on it it kind of i talked with it with my wife a little bit but it i i do think that um a large percent of of serotonin levels are created through the geotestral gee i can't oh boy. Word. um <laughs> your, your your intestinal area um uh-huh. and, and it, there's a lot of nerves down there and everything um that also, that also not medical professionals well <laughs> exactly but but uh i do i do want to uh bring kurt up in this um because I know for a fact that the word hangry applies oh. to Kurt. Oh, it definitely does. And it, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Um, so we, so that's, we have that's, snacks packed in the car um, <laughs> for me in the diaper bag as well. So that's a definite um, thing. That definitely affects your mood. It, it affects your energy level. And uh, I think it's important to, to make sure that you're uh, – not hangry. I'll say it again. I do think that that uh, that being applicable to your hangriness 
um, and, and eating right and exercising correctly um, affects your mood, which affects your mental health. Absolutely. Um, and Greta, I'll let you go here in one second. I just want to touch on what Seth said. So when you exercise, there's something called endorphins that are released, right? And those are something that really helps you feel better about yourself. That's why a lot of people work out in the morning. They start their day on a good note um, and things like that. Um, another good thing that you can do is a lot of people do it is they make their bed. The first thing they do in the morning is they make their bed. And the reason they do that is because they have already accomplished something to start their day. Mm-hmm. I do not make my bed. I think it's pointless because like, I'm just going to get back in it 10 hours later and it's ready for me. So for me, that doesn't do anything, but I do other things that help me start my day on a positive note. Um, like I play with Evie. That's usually the first thing I do. I get her out of the crib, change her diaper. Then we sit and we watch Instagram videos together for like a half hour. Um, it's a great time. And so like doing something positively to start your day, I think is a great way to set yourself going in the right direction. Um, Greta, do you have anything you want to add to like things that you can do to help improve your mental health? Yeah. Um, first I do want to add something real quick. Um, some things I've noticed throughout like my college career, um, for people who struggle with mental health, a lot of times it's your happy friends because they use, um, like jokes and stuff as a coping mechanism. So always a tip, check in on your super happy friends too. Um, speaking from experience, I used to do that all the time. Um, but other than that, like things I do in my personal life, I also make my bed right away in the morning. Um, as do yeah, it does make me feel accomplished. It just doesn't. I'll check, I'll check back in with you guys when you guys have a kid. (laughs) We'll see how far up that is on the uh, on the to do list. Should be at the top. (laughs) 10 more minutes of sleep or making your bed. Takes, I guarantee you. It takes you, five seconds. I have a king size bed. It does not take five seconds. Oh my god. Anyway, regardless, regardless, moving on, Greta. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, another thing I like to do, which got me through college, is making myself lists. I'm a huge procrastinator, and so like. Wait, wait. What, can you say that one more time? You you make what? I make myself lists, like to do lists. Ah, yeah. Yes. I'm a huge procrastinator. That's why you and Kurt get, a well, get along so well. <laughs> yeah, lovely. It just, it feels good checking them off. Like, even in college, um, like, when I had papers to write and stuff, I would find, like, the smallest thing to do instead of writing my paper. Like, I have to take my trash out. Let's do it. <laughs> stuff like that. Um, okay. So, like, when I would make myself list, even I would put the smallest things on there, even, like, I have to take a shower, so I'm going to put this on my list. And then once I did it, I'd cross it off, and it just it made me feel good. So I um, yeah. also highly recommend lists. For sure. Cool. For sure. And I think it's important, like, when you make that list, make sure you put some time on there to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's, like, five, ten minutes. Something to where you go outside, you stretch, you know, do some do some stretching, some yoga, walk around for a little bit. Take some time to recharge and just appreciate where you are, you know, and, and what you're doing, because I think that's important sometimes. But I, I love the fact that you, you put little things on your list because like um, big victories are made up of little victories. Mm-hmm. And so when you get the little victories, they all add up to a successful day, you know, and, and I know like sometimes like going back to my KPIs, I'll look and say, oh, man, today I did not do very well. But then if I look at my list and say, wow, I actually accomplished 
you know, 10, 15 things. And yeah, I failed at two of them, but you know, like, like Seth says, it's a learning experience, mm-hmm. you know, figure out what I can do better to accomplish those last two and make my day a hundred percent. But, but no, for sure. Um, I like those points. I like that you said, check in with your happy friends because, you know, you look at our comedians, a lot of comedians commit suicide because it deep inside they're they're hurting mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So that's great. Great points, Greta. Anything else you want to throw in there? No, I think I'm good. No? Okay. That's cool. No, cool. Um, I'm going to read one thing. It's going to be, it's a little lengthy, but I think it's important. It's, it's a, um, it's a little, it's two paragraphs from Kevin Hart's, not Kevin Hart, sorry, Kevin Love's um, essay that he, that he wrote for the Players Tribune. So I'm just going to read it really quick and um, then we can kind of go over our final thoughts or whatever and, uh, and close out here. But let me uh, let me read this here. So he says that everyone is going through something that we can't see. The thing is, because we can't see it, we don't know who's going through what, and we don't know when, and we don't always know why. Mental health is an invisible thing, but it touches all of us at some point or another. It's part of life. Damar Rosen said, "You never know what that per- what that person is going through." You see. Mental health isn't just an athlete thing. What you do for a living doesn't have to define who you are. This isn't everyone thing. No matter what our circumstances, we're all carrying around things that hurt. And they can hurt us if we keep them buried inside. Not talking about our inner lives robs us of really getting to know ourselves and robs us of the chance to reach out to others in need. So if you're reading this and you're having a hard time, no matter how big or small it seems to you, I want to remind you that you're not weird or different for sharing what you're going through. Just the opposite. It could be the most important thing you do. It was for me. Um, and that was a part of his essay that he wrote um, for the Players' Tribune. And I just thought that that was important to read as we kind of close here. That we know like it's not an athlete thing. It's not a sales thing. It's not a, it's not a gender thing. It's an everyone thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's struggling with it. And I really like what DeMar DeRozan said when he said, like, hey, listen, you never know what that person's going through. Um, and so uh, one thing, like, that we always try to preach. So when I do youth ministry at my church, I have my staff. And we and we preach that. We say, hey, listen, you never know what someone's going through. You don't know why they're being rude to you or why they're being mean to you. Um, and in our mission as Christians and is to share the love of Jesus. Uh, it's not necessarily a doctrine or, or, or a certain religion. And so I just tell my staff, like, listen, you might be the only chance that this person gets to meet Jesus. And so whether you're a Christian or not, apply that in a way of mental health to where you say, hey, listen, you might be the only chance that, that person gets to experience happiness. Or you might be the last person that gets to have a chance to show this person life is worth living. And so when you have that, when you have that mentality, when you're going out there thinking of the people that you can reach, I think it's an awesome responsibility that we have. And that's why, like, it goes back to, I'm really happy to see our athletes and our celebrities and just even uh, people that aren't celebrities standing up and saying stuff about mental health. Like, like you, Greta, coming on here, you've never done a podcast before, right? No. <laughs> uh, you said you were nervous and, and, and whatnot. And, and I think you did an amazing job. And I think yeah. that um, you shared a lot of 
insight that, you know, you're 24, but you've been through a lot. And I think you shared a lot of experience and a lot of advice that is worth more than your age. Um, and I think that someone will listen to this and they're going to relate to that. And I think it's going to change people's lives. And so mm-hmm. like, once again, just want to like commend you for coming on because if you didn't, you don't know who might not have heard it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, just once again, I want to thank you for coming on and blessing us with your time. I know you're busy with working with school. So to come on late at night, uh, we appreciate that. Is there anything that you want to say closing? Uh, Greta, shout out to anybody or just you know, last second advice or anything before we wrap up. Um, I just want to say thank you for having me. Um, and I know I laugh a lot, um, but I can't be serious at times. Um, I'm excited to listen to your podcast whenever you decide to throw it out there. Appreciate that. Um, other than that, I think I'm good. Cool. Cool beans. Mr. Grow, do you have something that you would like to close out with here? Well, Greta, I would like to personally thank you myself. It's been awesome. It's been a great evening. Uh, I enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Um, this has been, I know it's only been two episodes, but in my opinion, this has been our best uh, episode so far. Yeah, I, um, so. I really, I really enjoyed this, the experience. And uh, I think, uh, like Kurt said, I think this could be very important to, to people's lives. And I thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. For sure. Well, that will, uh, that'll conclude our, our, our episode for today. I know uh, next next time you guys will listen to us where we talk about leadership. We have another special guest for that. Uh, you'll have to tune in to find out who that will be. But uh, until then, grab a hammock and, uh, and relax. We'll see you guys next time on the Laid Back Podcast. Take it easy, guys. Mm-hmm.